Hello and welcome. You're listening to Then Again, What Do We Know? A podcast that's all about exploring the human experience from an unofficial point of view. Your hosts are Mer Monson and Brianne Griebel, that's me, and we hope you'll sit back, relax, and just ponder what we're talking about. As we explore new ways of looking at life, we're hoping that you will do the same. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, dear listener. This is Brianne. Before we get into today's episode, um, adding this little snippet, this episode is about my book, which is coming out on June 29th, called Love Doesn't Care If You Forget. Uh, and Mer and I got through the entire episode and realized we never told you where you can find that book, <laughs> where you can buy it if you're so interested. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know now, the book is currently available on my Love and Dementia website. It's loveanddementia.com slash book. That's where you can purchase the book currently. If you're listening to this after June 29th, it should be up and available on Amazon by then. So you'll be able to purchase it there. Uh, you'll also be able to get the Kindle version there if you're an ebook type person. And uh, also if you're interested, I'm doing a really gorgeous book club around the book uh, for four weeks, we're going to have a gorgeous exploration of the themes inside of the book. So if you currently have someone in your life uh, who has Alzheimer's or dementia, I highly recommend checking that out. You can also find information about that on the website, loveanddementia.com. Okay, that's all I got. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to Then Again, What Do We Know? I'm Brianne Griebel and with me is Mer Monson. Hi, Mer. Hi. I nailed the intro this week. Yes. Good job. <laughs> <Way to> go. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're just gonna talk about Brienne's book. I have a book. <laughs> Yay! I've been waiting for this episode. Uh, I've been waiting for this thing to get out in the world. <laughs> um, but why that's relevant to a listener, in case you you don't know, um, the book is about my journey with my mother, who uh, was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's, uh, just about five years ago. And, uh, she is now in the, near the end. She's in the end stages. I imagine, uh, within the next few months, perhaps, uh, she'll be passing on to the next realm, whatever that may be. And, uh, the book is about all of the, uh, the insights and experiences that I have had through this journey. And they've, they've, they've been bountiful. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the book, um, it's been your playground, huh? Yeah, it has. Um, if you listen to some earlier episodes of our podcast in the beginning, I kind of, um, we bounce in and out of the topic of my mom through other lenses uh, and the journey I've been on with her. Uh, but I tell people I've, you know, I've been in a, um, I love, looking at and thinking about and playing with and understanding the human experience. So I've taken courses and I've read books and I've had mentors and uh, I just love all of that stuff about just seeing life through a different lens and understanding who I and what I am and what life is at more and more fundamental levels and more and more basic levels. Um, but none of that compares <laughs> to what I have seen through the experience with my mom. So if that stuff was more of a like, I'm actively going to learn about things, 
this was life's way of thrusting me into like, you have no choice. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to get a fire hose of experience. That's going to make you see something different than what you saw before. And that's kind of what the book is. Okay. Well, I'm, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and pretend I'm a, I'm a really um, accomplished interviewer. And I, I hope you're okay with this, but I, I'm going to just ask you some questions. Okay. And let you go where you go. Are you up for that? Sure. Or do you want to just take the mic? No, I, I am fine with that accomplished interviewer. Now I feel intimidated being interviewed by an accomplished interviewer. <laughs> well, if, just remember I'm pretending. That'll help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first question is, why did you write the book now? before the, the experience um, has reached the end of your mom's life? Like, I'm, uh, I'm sure that there's more to see down the road and, you know, all of that yeah. stuff. Why, what do you see about why it came out now? Um, good question, experienced interviewer. Um, Thank you. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, and, yeah, I imagine um, I will have plenty more to say after the end. Um, Hell, you know, I wrote the book, the book, uh, I wrote the bulk of it. Um, I finished like, I think last November and, you know, I had to set it aside and I'll, um, and then I had to go back to it, of course, for final edits and things. And I just know if I were to write the book right now, it would still be an entirely different book. Like I love what I wrote and there's just even been more, um, since then, but, um, you know, ultimately, I don't really know if I know the answer to that other than the book wanted to be written. <laughs> mm. um, it, uh, I had tried, I had been writing about the experience with my mom just casually, like posting it on Facebook or occasionally, you know, putting a, a blog post on my website, um, you know, short bits about what I've been seeing and experiencing with her and just the journey and the, the ugliness and the, the difficulties and the beauties and, um, I kind of figured someday it would turn into a book, but I've tried to write books before about various different things and it just, it always fizzles out at some point. Um, and then just on honestly, from a practical side, uh, a woman that I, um, I receive emails from, like from her newsletter named Alexandra Franzen sent, you know, just one of her, uh, regular newsletters and, uh, she's a writer and author. And she just said, you know, we're doing a tiny book workshop online. Uh, and I was like, a tiny book workshop? What does that mean? And she specializes in helping people write just smaller books, you know, less than 100 pages. And I was like, oh, interesting. That sounds more doable because <laughs> I've been trying. I just figured a book needs to be 150 to 300 pages. <laughs> Anna Karenina. <laughs> yeah, that's just, it just supposed yeah. to be. That's what books are supposed to be. I have no idea why that was in my mind. But so I took her wonderful weekend workshop and um, just realized oh, the book's already actually there. I already know what I want to write. Um, now that I have permission for it to be shorter, <laughs> uh, I actually knocked the book out, I want to say within five weeks, maybe. Um, and so I, I don't know, like it's, it was there, it wanted to be written. Once I realized I could write it, it just came into being. Um, it's called uh, Love Doesn't Care If You Forget. Lessons yeah, of love. tell me, tell us about the title. Uh, uh, love doesn't care if you forget. Lessons of love from Alzheimer's and dementia. And 
um, I was during the, that workshop, uh, about the book, you know, she gave us plenty of time to just, to just do some writing. And basically the first chapter just kind of came into being during one of these writing breaks. And the line just came to me that love doesn't care if you forget. It's what I saw. It's one of the lessons I saw. The, the book is basically five lessons I've learned from my mom in this experience. And that was just it. It was memories come and go, experiences come and go, titles come and go, um, names come and go. And I experienced that very clearly in my mom's, through her experience. I've just seen all of these things come and go. But all of that seems irrelevant when it comes to love. And that's, I think, where we don't... It's like, yeah, no, of course I love her. But we, when we're going through life, we, don't, we look at the stuff that's built on top of that. We, we look at the names and the relationships and the memories and the experiences. And we look for the, the true value of life there. We look for the, the meaning there or... Um, the things to hang on to there. And that's, it's just going to come and go, but love, love doesn't care about any of that. It's not needed. And so I, that line came to me, like, as I was writing, I was like, Oh, I think that's the title of the book right there. <laughs> right there. It's such a great title. Right. <laughs> like it, I'm not it at all modest. <laughs> right. It's a great it, title. It immediately invites you beyond your made up ideas of what love is. I think I think that's what I love about it most. And and actually I I would love you to just like right now in this moment what what is love? How would you describe it? Mm. What have you seen about it with the, in the getting your hands in the dirt learning with your mom? Well, to me, it's the foundation. Like love is the word, is a word that describes what holds existence to me. Um, like not like the word love can be really loaded because we make up what it means. Like that's what we do with all words. We've all decided <laughs> that these words mean these things. And of course we can compare and contrast our definitions and our own conscious and unconscious ideas of what we think love means. But like love is the word that I'm using to like, there is something so powerful, so God, what are the words? Wise, intelligent, um, compassionate. Uh, it just it holds everything in its hands. You can I, honestly, you can, you can switch out the word God. I don't like it, it's. It's like I just I'm having this vision now of just these, and I'm looking down at my own cupped hands of like these hands that are just holding all of life, and inside of those hands are all of the beauties and tragedies of existence. It is all the, the creation and chaos. It is all the, 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 the wants and not wants that we do and don't get. <laughs> and I'm just seeing the reason we get so caught up in life in any experience is because we're, we're looking inside of the hands. 
we're looking at my personal experience and my ideas of it. And, and we're going to do that. Like, that's just what happens. But like this experience with my mom stripped away so much stuff as her memory faded, as she faded away, as I faded away from her, as her body has been starting to fade, like everything just keeps getting stripped away. And more and more of what was inside of those hands keeps getting taken away from me. And just, I'm seeing the hands more that are just always there. There's always the foundation. There's, they don't open up and let you slide through. They've always, they always have you. And that, I don't know if I've ever seen that so powerfully as I have, especially I describe a moment in the book, um, the first real powerful moment I had with my mom when she, the first time she forgot, she, she didn't know who I was. And it was, I think the most profound, I don't know if the word magical works or not, but surreal, ethereal, I don't even know what the word is. This this experience of getting taken out of my individual personalized human experience um, where we just embraced each other. And in that moment, it was the words, you know, I try to describe it in the book and I even say like the, the words tend to fail me, but it's like mom disappeared. I disappeared. There was nothing remembered or forgotten. There was just, there was just love. And it was just so natural and comfortable and like, it was just like a a sinking into the the word. Yes. (laughs) Like, ah, aha. Um, and, and that, that profound moment, like I I haven't experienced it like I did in that moment, but it was so powerful and so strong that every, (laughs) I'm getting a little teary now. Every time I think back to it, it, it comes like it, 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 if it was a trick of my mind, um, uh, to steal a phrase from somebody else, it's, it's a hell of a good trick. <laughs> if that was me fooling myself or, you know, some people are like, well, are you, I've had people say, you know, like, are you maybe just in denial of how hard this experience is with your mom? I'm like, oh, definitely <laughs> yeah. not. Um, because that well, has not been every moment. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, that actually tees up my next question perfectly, which is, You know, the, this, the book is about your mom forgetting, right? But what I'm, what I'm curious about is your own forgetting and remembering of, of the hands, mm. like through the process. Like what, what, is, what do you see about the relationship between the suffering, you know, the human part, mm-hmm. the feeling it, and, and the love? Like what's that, what's that dance or that interplay been, been like for you? Mm. You know, I, I, I do tell people, you know, I, when I, when I talk about it, it tends to be, um, I, I, I'm seeing the hands more, but I always tell people, I'm like, that, but you're not seeing me in the shittiest moments. (laughs) I don't talk from those moments Um, because there have absolutely, it's been the hardest thing I have ever done in my life thus far that I've had to experience Um, that I've had to, 
like this the amount the depth of suffering of watching what happens to her um and i don't i don't get to i don't have the luxury of getting to blame anybody <laughs> i mean that's a, that's a blessing and a curse actually that there's nobody there's nobody that i can take it out on it's it's one of those life things like so um you know i have like any like i feel like any stereotypical like movie scene where the character's just like destroyed <laughs> uh on the floor crying in a ball um just ugly crying in those moments it's it's i have these like awarenesses awarenesses is that a word it is now it it almost hurts so hard that it it pulls it separates me from the pain if that makes sense it's like something in me is like if if like this will kill me but in a way i think that separation is a death like okay again we're we're going to get like where the words are going to fail me here but it's like it hurts it hurts so hard that i think something in me is actually dying but again it's those hands that hold me that don't die that that are eternal that every single time i have been in the worst part of it whether that's lasted a minute or a day or a week when that whatever it is cl- clears up or goes away or or i get snapped out of it because of something else or you know she she had a good day after having several bad days or whatever it is that that takes me away from that deepest of pain I feel so much bigger than I was before the intense moment of pain. So the relationship feels like this like very intense contraction, like so intense it feels like it's squeezing like the life out of my pores, <laughs> which does mm-hmm. not feel good. Like it just feels like life is contracting so hard that it's you know it sounds like a cheesy metaphor but it does look true of like you know the 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 idea of a diamond a piece of coal getting compressed so hard that the you know the atoms change and turn into something t- entirely different is kind of what it feels like which and and that has changed my entire relationship with pain and discomfort you know we talked about discomfort a little bit ago um part of that has changed my entire relationship with the hard parts of life Yeah, tell us more about that. How's it changed? Well, it's been it's been very helpful for me to see that I've that I as as intense as this has been, I've never stayed in that intensity. Um it's it's fluctuated even and even though, you know, I had um in hindsight, I had moments where I was like, oh, I think I was really depressed with all of this for several months. But even inside of that, there was fluctuation. Um, there was no, it wasn't this constant um, dread or disappointment or um, anxiety or depression. It, 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 even inside of that, everything was fluctuating. So there's something I saw about how the human experience fluctuates that 
made me realize you don't have to get too caught up or too worried about the, the experience you're having right now because it's guaranteed to change. And again, that's a chapter in the book I talk about. Um, Love doesn't care how you feel is one of the chapters. Um, mm. And I saw in my mother's, like, I would get so caught up in her experience, you know, when she was having a bad day. I, I kind of tell people, like, you know, when, when mom was doing good and I was with her, I could be doing good. Like, if she was relaxed and not too caught up in things, like, I could be. But when she was having a bad day, it made sense to me that I was supposed to also have a bad day. Like, I was, you know, as she right. suffered... I was supposed to suffer along with her. I was supposed to be worried about her and concerned about her and feeling sorry for her and being mad at life. And it just, it just was, they were tied together. Um, and then after another kind of intense experience with her one night, um, it, it dawned on me that her experience changes so quickly, especially during some of the phases of her, of the disease. She could go from, like depressed and crying and really anxious to laughing about something nobody really knew about within like uh, five seconds. Um, It's like she doesn't carry around the future and the past with her in the way that the rest of us are accustomed to. What I tell people, I'm like, oh, her feelings don't seem to have any residue. Like they just come and go clean. Whatever shows up, it's there for however long it's there. And then when it goes, it goes. There's, there's, her mind lost the ability to, to think about it, to consider like how, how she's feeling and how she's doing. So, you know, we had this really intense experience where she, um, she didn't know who she was. Uh, it was, it was the most surreal experience. Like I can't even imagine she was just, she was looking at her body and her hands and pulling at her clothes and just saying like, I don't know who I am. And I can't even imagine the terror, like, and she was terrified because she didn't know who she was. And we had this intense experience over the night while she was kind of going through this. And in the morning she just got up and, you know, was doing her thing. Like, and she had zero recollection of the terror she felt the night before. It wasn't like, who, what did that mean? What am I going to do about this? Like, that was super scary. Like, oh, you know, I need to, I need a day to rest after, you know, that intense, like none of it. She just, it was gone. And I was like, oh, wow, if her experience can change that fast, I don't know if I have to get too wrapped up in my ideas of her experience. Yeah. I mean, I, and I hear behind your words just what's happened is, is you're knowing that suffering and any experience is temporary, has just dropped, you know, 50 feet. And, and it's amazing what that has freed up inside of me to be able to do about situations, right? Because it's not like, I'm like, oh, I realized, you know, the human experience is transient and this will pass. So I'm just going to sit back and let things happen. Quite the opposite. Because I am not caught up in any particular experience, I'm, I feel more mentally and emotionally available to just, you know, be able to get shit done, <laughs> to do what I got to do without thinking it, about it too much. You know, I remember <laughs> the first time... Um, so my mom became incontinent, um, which is pretty common, you know, her, it's so, so weird what goes on in the mind. Like her body just stopped being able to recognize that she had to use the bathroom. So she would just go. And, um, I, I remember like, it was almost like a, an, almost an out of body experience when it was, um, I would, you know, I was on 
watching mom duty and dad was away and dad, my dad had been doing a lot of, of the work, um, for the first several years. Um, but I was home and I was with her and I'm like, Oh, she needs to be changed. Okay. You know, we need to, and it was, it was messy. (laughs) Um, but I almost had this like out of body experience. Like I was just doing what needed to get done. Like there was, there were smells, there were messes, there were, uh, like, but I was just like, this is just what we're doing. And I was present with my mom and, uh, you know, kind of half joking, like distracting her from kind of what was going on a little bit. Cause she was kind of, she was in, at that time she was in a phase where she was kind of aware of what was happening, but kind of not. So when she was aware of what she had done, she'd get very embarrassed and, um, really insecure. And, but what, like, like this, the things I was physically able to do for my mother, which could have been extremely awkward, could have been extremely, you know, I could have got caught up in how gross it was. Um, like all of that was just, it was almost like in the background of my mind, it was there. I was aware of like, Oh wow, this is weird and disgusting. And, but I wasn't worried about that specific experience. I was just doing what I needed to get done. And I noticed that happened a lot. The more I kind of saw like, you can acknowledge this experience. You can see it for what it is. You can have thoughts and opinions and ideas about it, but that doesn't have to take up all of your, your, your bandwidth, I guess. (laughs) And when it doesn't take up all your bandwidth, you know, how you're thinking and feeling about the situation, at least it seems to be to me in my experience that, well, now you can just do what needs to get, get done. There's so much more presence. Yeah. In the moment for what's happening, what, what, what there is to do. Yeah. And I, yeah, I it's beautiful. It, it, it's still almost weird. I don't know if weird's the right word. Fascinating. Like how much closer I have gotten to my mother through this. Um, and I was already really close with my mom. Um, but how, how much my relationship with her has intensely deepened. Um, and the funny thing is, is she has, at least, I don't know. I actually, I don't know what her experience is. It doesn't seem like she's com- at all aware of that, but I can't help but think there's no possible way that she doesn't, something in her doesn't have a recognition of that. Like she's really caught up in her mind, which is just kind of this weird war zone. Um, but I can't help like there's like it, it's too intense for it to be a one way street. It's too Mm. big. It's too beautiful. It's too profound. It's too for, for me to be the only benefactor. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't even make sense that I would be the only benefactor of, of this experience. So, I mean, I I want to give you space to share whatever you want to share, but I I would love to. I think everybody would love a, a little bit longer glimpse into what you just barely said. Like how how can that how can that be when so much has been stripped away, to feel greater intimacy and love and connection. 
okay, this, this, I'm going to turn my mom into a metaphor. <laughs> cool. Um, cause that's, in a way, that's what she has turned into. She's not, she's not the woman I called mom growing up. She, that woman disappeared. Um, she even physically looks different. Um, like, so my mom doesn't exist anymore. And then that leaves me questioning whether or not she ever really did. And of course she did in a physical body, but, but like, do we ever really know people? Do we ever, you know, how much of what we think and feel about a relationship and any kind of relationship about each other, about strangers, you know, how much of it is made up or something that's not actually tangible in the way we think it's tangible. Because my mom just keeps getting stripped further and further away. And of course the ultimate stripping in the physical sense is going to be when she dies. And she just, to me that she just has turned into a personification of what life actually is. It's like things are here, they change and then they go. And that has connected me to life in a, in a very rich, deep way because I'm like, oh, that's all of existence. That's everything. My mom and this intensified experience is how everything in existence works. (laughs) And it's just revealed, like there's something about seeing the truth of life as cleanly as possible that. It, it grounds you in something different. You know, most of what we're grounded in, most of where most where most of us find our center, you know, our, our our sense of balance, is in what our mind makes up, or what you know, or or what we want to believe, or or conditioning that we picked up from other people. And that's that's not. I mean, that's what we're going to do. That's not. I wouldn't say a problem per se, but the ride is rougher from there. It's kind of like, I don't know if I've used this metaphor before on the podcast, but it's, I, I kind of think of, it's kind of like a palm tree. I, um, I was in Los Angeles for almost 20 years and I remember I didn't grow up with palm trees. I grew up in the Northwest and I'd never actually seen a live palm tree before. And I would get fascinated because there would be some intense windstorms, especially when the Santa Ana winds came through just real intense wind. And I would watch the palm trees outside our window and those suckers would bend. Like I, I was always fascinated that I, and I don't think I've ever seen in all the time I was in LA, a broken palm tree. And some of those are really tall and they get skinny the taller they get. But I was always fascinated by that not happening. And it, 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 there came a point where I feel like, oh, I kind of became a palm tree. <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> like the base of a palm tree, if you've ever seen them, they're, they're sturdy. They are like, they don't really have this intense root system, but they're just, they're just strong and they're thick. And of course, the farther up you go on the palm tree, the the more flexible they get and bendy they get. And it's like, oh, before this experience with my mom, I felt like my center of gravity was on the top of a palm tree, which is subject to all the winds and going back and forth and teetering left and right. and. <clears throat> 
The base of a palm tree doesn't budge, though. And I feel like mom has shown me more the base of the palm tree. (laughs) Oh, that's just so gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's like the base of the palm tree is just how life works or or what it is or just um, seeing it. It's not coming and going. Yeah. It's, it's, it's where the hands are, are cupped, I guess. And then we go through life and we build these things on top of that foundation. And we, you know, a lot of it's, you know, conditioning from our environment or, you know, you know, the people we grow up with or, um, and, and so much of it is so innocent and not like, of course I would be born to my mother and father and call my mom, mom. And she would take care yeah, of me. She would teach part me things. of the game. Part of it, I would develop this relationship with her based on our history, based on things she said and I've said and memories we've had and expectations we get from that. Of course, that's, you know, you build all of that on top of that. But, but that, like the more you build, the taller the tree gets, which is in and of itself really cool and really beautiful. It's just like when you center yourself in those things, you're, 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 you're you're setting yourself up for a, a bumpy ride, and again, just even a though I'm more wobbly, really wobbly, and it's not like I haven't experienced the wobbles with my mom. It's just I'm so aware of the trunk of the palm tree that I'm not scared with the wobbles. Like this tree ain't gonna break. You know, a windstorm's a coming, and I'm gonna get knocked the hell around, and I'm gonna get dizzy, but I'm fully aware of the of the base of my tree now. And that's all because I watched my mom, you know, this experience with her. Like I watched her tree get stripped away. You know, things just keep tumbling and getting stripped away from her, including me. I got stripped away from her in a sense. My name, that I'm her daughter, you know, all of our memories, that got stripped away from her. And so it got stripped away from me too. What? It's... I don't know how to explain it other than to say, I just know it's there. Like there's still something so much deeper and richer there. Cause I, I feel it. I sense it. I, I'm aware of it. <laughs> and it's because all of this stuff got swept away. Hmm. Well, you've left me speechless. And well, I'll, I'll just end with this. The to go back to the question, why the book and why now? Like, I don't still don't know why now exactly, but with all the stuff that I've seen and and what I feel like I've been given through this experience to help me get through the experience, feels like more than enough for me. Like. I feel like I've been given so much clarity around certain things, um, so much peace with things um, that I, I have too much. I want others to have it. <laughs> I don't it's need all of it. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's I, overflow. As, yeah. As Mara Olson says, I, I have leftovers. <laughs> yeah. And so the book is my best attempt, you know, being limited by my ability to string words together for it. <laughs> like I'm always limited by my, 
my skill in writing, which I'm, I'm improving all the time, but as best I, I can, that. <laughs> as best I can to put it on a, on a written page and give it away. Like that's my hope for the book. The book is my hope is that I can give away at least a small piece of it. Cause even a small piece of, of what I've seen is so helpful. Could it's go a, a really, really long way. Yeah. Like it can just, if nothing else, take the edge off of, of an otherwise real shit deal of the cards, <laughs> like a real bummer of, of, <laughs> of an experience. I'm laughing because there obviously are no words. <laughs> right. Like bummer, the, bummer is not cutting it, in right, other words. <laughs> it's not even close, but. <laughs> yeah. Like to. Well, to because I recognize it's, and that's, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent before we wrap up, but I can't know what any other individual person's experience of anything actually is. Um, whether they're going through the experience of Alzheimer's and dementia with a loved one or some other tragic thing, or, you know, like all of the stuff we have going on in the world right now. Um, I can't pretend to know the specifics of a person's experience. But because I have experienced such profound pain, and I know that we will all have that in some way, shape, or form, because that's, again, part of the way life works. We get attached to things, or um, we want things, and life will take them away or not give them to us. And it sucks. (laughs) I don't know why it works that way, but it sucks. And so I've just developed this deep compassion for anybody who's a human and alive because <laughs> this shit's hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Um, I mean, it's also beautiful and gorgeous and amazing and extraordinary, but yeah, it's hard and it's brutal and it's ugly and it's unfair and it's unkind. It feels like at times. So I just, I just feel people on that level of like, yeah, I know it sucks which is why it's so helpful to know about the hands or the base of the tree or whatever metaphor we want to put to it. Like that's to me, the only thing that it's the only thing that is reliable. It's the only thing you can turn to or find that will make it okay. I think, Brianne, that's why, I mean, I've had the pleasure of reading one of the versions anyway, (laughs) and I think that's why it spoke to me so deeply, even though Alzheimer's and dementia isn't in my inner circle at the moment is because of that, because it's a universal experience in the way that you hold it and talk about it and share what you see. So I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful, grateful to know you. And I'm excited for, you know, all the pools it's going to drop in and, and have a ripple effect. That's a gorgeous thought. So thanks for sharing it with us. Well, thank you for asking me some really good questions, experienced interviewer. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I appreciate you um, giving me the uh, the opportunity to to look at it fresh. 
Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast episode, please do share it. We would really appreciate that. Also, feel free to leave us a comment or review wherever you may be listening to this. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to more episodes and get extra notes at briangrebel.com slash then again. You should also check out Mer's website and learn more about her at mermonson.com. That is it for this episode. Until next time, take care. Take care.